0: Hello and welcome to the ETOF21sports Podcast for June 17th. How is everyone doing? My name is Eric. I'm the man behind ETOF21sports. You can find my work on Twitter at ETOF21. You can find my work on Instagram at ETOF21sports underscore. Free horse racing picks at ETOF21sports underscore horse underscore racing. Free fantasy football takes at ETOF21sports underscore fantasy. All that's on Instagram. How is everyone doing? Wow. Wow we believe it's the middle of june father's day is right around the corner and i just wanted, to i just want to take this time to thank my old man you want to talk about the old man um yeah it's i remember him coming home from work long day at work he'd always take me out play catch uh no matter how long his day was he was there at my sporting events um you know i really got lucky uh yeah, I really got lucky with the old man I got. Great guy, phenomenal guy, you know, getting up there in life. Going to go see him this weekend, so, uh, you know, looking forward to that. But he's always supported me, always listens to the show, always watches all the live streams I'm doing, so I love you, Dad. Thanks for all your support. Great show today. Before we hop into what we have, pl- what I have planned for you, excuse me, today, I want to give you a quick reminder, July 5th, the ETOF one Sports Sports Show is going to be t- popping live interactive show that's going to be on YouTube and Twitch. Make sure you set your reminders for that. Really looking forward to doing that. Before, like I said, before we jump into the podcast and everything, I just wanted to take down um, the NBA. And the draft is right around the corner. Before I jump into the finals game and give you my thought about what happened in the finals game last night, I just want to talk about this Christian Wood trade. Now, why is Christian Wood trade... Why why is this a good trade for the Mavericks? The Mavericks sent sent um Christian Wood, got Christian Wood, excuse me, from the um from the Rockets. They basically just sent a draft pick and then just kind of salary to just kind of people that aren't people that are gonna get cut. And obviously this is a great move for the Rockets because it's gonna free up Playing time for the young kid from Turkey that they drafted, but also more importantly, it is going to free up some cap space because they do need to decide if they want to re-sign Porter. I think they should. I don't think he's a Max player, but they do have to re-sign Porter. I think that's really important keep him and Green going. But what does this do for Dallas? Uh, Immediately, this gives him a big, now I know Christian Wood has never really produced quote unquote big numbers when he was on a good team because he hasn't had an opportunity to. But when he was in Detroit a couple years ago, he produced, he produced in Houston. And the main thing was he was 28th last year in points off of pick and roll to the rim, despite playing on the Rockets who, let's face it, don't have a point guard, don't have anyone with experience in the pick and roll. And are playing with two guards that aren't distributors like Luca was. I really think this is going to firm up the Mavericks front court, but more importantly, make a dynamic pick and roll something Luca can give. It'll give him a big that can rebound. I think this is a great pickup, and it helps improve that front court for the Mavericks. And let's face it, the Mavericks weren't going to have anyone of substance with the 26 pick on the board that they're going to able to draft that will come in and help them right away. This is a freaking phenomenal pickup for the Mavericks. And it's really going to help them in one of their glaring weaknesses down below. So I really like this move by the Mavericks. And I really think it helps them. Like and like for the Rockets, this opens up minutes for their big man Subbin. I think I said that right. The kid they drafted last year. And then whoever they're going to be able to take with their top three pick in this NBA draft. So I really think this is a best this is a good this is a win-win for both teams. Just looking at by paper, right after it's done, it's going to be interesting to see moving forward how the trades and everything transpire, because there are some interesting free agents. The Mavericks still have Brunson. I have no idea what they're going to do with Brunson, how they're going to be able to afford him, because if they sign him, they're going to have to go way over the luxury tax. So really interesting to see what the Mavericks end up doing and how. The rest of the trade market plays out before the NBA draft, which is next week, Thursday. Now let's jump into game six of the NBA Finals. It was an interesting game six last night. When you look at it, the Celtics started off great like we thought they would. And then their inability to score finally caught up to them. They need a lead guard. I, don't get me wrong, I love Marcus Smart, and I think what Marcus Smart brings to the table is great. I really think he's responsible for them turning around this year with him getting in Tatum's face, saying he needs to pa- pass the ball more, get his teammates more involved. I think he's a great vocal leader. He's a dog defensively. But in terms of sniffing out the matchups on the defensive end, what I mean by that is you can't have Al Horford being guarded by Steph Curry and not take advantage of him and look to pound the ball inside. And that's what the Celtics didn't do throughout this whole year. And it finally caught up to them in the playoffs in game six of last night. They didn't take, they didn't recognize stuff on offense. Um, you look at game five, You, they initiated offense at the end of the third quarter way too early with Tatum. And that led to a pool. Half-court three-pointer that basically cost them the game. People can whine saying it was the officials, but it wasn't the officials. It was the half-court shot by Poole, and Tatum Nagishi in the offense too soon, forced Brown to a three too early in the clock. If the Celtics are legitimately serious about winning an NBA title, they're going to have to get a lead guard because windows can close pretty quick. Because let's just take a look at the East right now. Bucks. If the Bucks had Middleton, the Bucks would have won that series. Middleton's coming back. You have to figure the Bucks are going to add some more shooting around Giannis, so they're going to be improved next year. You have to figure the Nets will have KD, a healthy Joe Harris, so they're going to be better next year. And then, more importantly, the Miami Heat, they always have something up their sleeve. The Miami Heat are going to be better next year because they're going to add a piece, and that will make them better, someone that will buy into the quote-unquote heat culture and then, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry guys. been battling a little bit of a cold and seems like it's catching up. And then also in, in the East, the 76ers, you know, you have Embiid, maybe Harden, maybe a different piece. So they got to figure they'll be right in there. The Raptors, with what they're building, the Hawks, the Cavs are an up and coming team. And then teams that didn't make the Pistons, didn't make the playoffs, excuse me, the Pistons. So the. Windows can close soon. Also, another thing is Tatum, everyone was ready to appoint Tatum to the big boy table. I talk about the big boy table a lot. Well, unfortunately, yesterday showed that Jason Tatum isn't ready for the big boy table. Um, you know, just not making shots like he should, not getting to the rim. It just it wasn't a good as much as everyone wanted to appoint Tatum to the next guy, it wasn't it. Um I will give credit where credit is due to Curry. Curry went out there. Curry just won an NBA title with Andrew Wiggins as the second best player. And don't get me wrong. I, I'm a Wiggins guy. I thought it was a great trade for them getting them just because with the player development the Warriors have, Wiggins coming in where he did, isn't going to be the league dog. He's going to be low I'm on the totem pole, less pressure on him. And it worked out great for him. But he isn't a guy that I thought you'd be able to win a title as a second-best player. So he's really improved. It's going to be interesting to see. Everyone's talking about you have to play Jordan Poole. Dude, you guys have to play Andrew Wiggins. (laughs) Excuse me. If you don't play Wiggins, that's going to be a huge deterrent of trying to win it again. And let's not forget about the Warriors. They got Jay Wiseman just lurking there on the bench. They have Wiseman lurking on the bench along with Klaminga and Moody they're in a great position to be building something for the future. Um, But yeah, I really think they need to keep Wiggins. I really think, in terms of Jordan Poole, I'm not the biggest Jordan Poole guy. Defensively, he's really lacking. It's a celebration every time he makes something. Uh, He's got a quick release, no doubt, and can hit the three. But an overall player, I really feel like he's a six-man. He's not a quote-unquote starting point guard in the NBA. But after... The way that Bob Myers pieced all this together, you really have to trust Bob Myers to be able to to do something where he can put stuff together and he can surround Steph, Clay, and Draymond with the right pieces to bridge gap between the younger guys and the older guys on the team. So I have all the faith in the Warrior, all the faith in Myers that he'll be able to build something to keep the Warriors going. Um, But back to the Celtics, yeah. You know, I'm really interested to see what Robert Williams looks like. Got kids a monster. Um, Let's not forget, when he got there, he was showing up late for meetings, oversleeping alarm clocks. Now, I think he has the potential to be Defensive Player of the Year, so I really like what I saw from him. Also, they just, like I said, they need a lead guard. They definitely need a lead guard. They need to add more scoring. My big thing with the Celtics was I felt they didn't have enough scoring, and it showed up in this series. Throughout those series, they did not have enough scoring when they needed it so they could get an NBA championship. So that that's my thought of the finals. We have a great show today, a little bit more condensed. I gave Brandon the, the weekend off. So no Brandon this week because there is no NASCAR. Uh, and also, I'm traveling today, like I said, to see my old man. So the only guest today is Jim. Jim's going to come on, and we're going to tell you what bets to lock in for the USFL And CFL. Well, it's that time. We're here to talk a little USL, USFL, a little CFL, CFL. But first, before we do that, you know, a badge of honor is when you get the uncle nickname. And when you come on a show and you give a plus 500 dog out, you get the (laughs) uncle nickname. So I'm going to deem you Uncle Jim from now on.
1: At At least for a week. At least for a little bit.
0: You know... You, you you come on it's like you just slap the balls on the table and just say dude plus 500
1: I mean I was I feel like I've been calling the gamblers over the the stallions for the last three or four weeks because it would, we talked about it when they had their last win um we were just like well no when we, we were talking about it like midseason do we think the, the the stallions will ever lose and I was like I don't see him losing the only game I could see him tripping up would be something like the gamblers because they're they're gonna overlook them they're already locked in for the playoffs they're looking ahead they got nothing they got everything in front of them and then they just they they slip up
0: we got the name on the ticker man it's official Uncle Jim oh we got it we got on the ticker dude uncle I'm Jim special
1: I feel I feel I feel honored
0: Uncle Jim um well look dude you know this is what I but I have to say this though this is what I tell this is what I tell the women I date don't set the bar too high because you know what. If you don't, if you set it too high, it's hard for me to pass. If you set it low, it's easier for me to pass. Now that bar's getting higher and higher because you've just been racks on racks and racks, man. Are you feeling the pressure this week?
1: I am. Uh, it's going to be another chaotic week. I'm feeling the pressure. I hope that the USFL regular season I end on a really strong note. The CFL, uh, it's it's everything's in front of me for the CFL, so I hope I don't overlook anything there
0: you my friend what what you're doing is i call seeing the board you're seeing the board and we're going to bring up the board right now we're starting with the philadelphia stars against the new jersey generals now you mentioned this when you you and i talked on spring fever yesterday about the possibility of costello starting the whole game and just getting them all the run do you kind of figure like with this game being at two and a half that that's priced into the line?
1: I feel like nobody knows how to cap any of these games this week. It's going to be a lot of Costello. That's probably priced into the line, but this Jersey team didn't look fantastic in week nine. I think both these teams are just kind of maybe trying to feel each other out. Cause they play each other again the next week for the playoffs. This game doesn't matter. That game does. They probably don't want to give anything away.
0: So that's why I am insanely leaning the under 41 because I feel this is just going to be handoff, 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 keeping everything basic as hell.
1: I'm right there with you. I'm kind of, I'm going to probably play the under in every single game. This one's tough. I feel like it's just going to be a bunch of running. Yeah. And just like pretty vanilla football, which I will say favors the generals. So I actually like the minus two and a half here too.
0: So your official plays are minus two and a half for the generals and under 41. Yes. Okay. I'm going to join you on the under 41, but you said it, these two teams play next week. You just don't know what's going to happen. You know what I mean? Like like, you just don't know who's going to come out and who's going to want to win keeping everything vanilla. So I don't know. I like the under here. I'm going to hold off. So um, what uh, the next game, we're going to go to the Stallions against the disappointing Tampa Bay Bandits. Uh, the Bandits are getting three and a half over under 40 and a half. Now, which team, the Bandits or the Panthers win the award for most disappointing team of the year? Probably
1: the Bandits. They I mean, both these teams, they had the the favorite odds to win the whole championship at the start. But I feel like the the pressure put on Jordan Tamu as a player and what everyone thought he was going to be. And he was still really good. Don't get me wrong. He still looks pretty good. I still have a lot of faith in him. That team just really disappointed. The Panthers were just bad, like, from the get. The bandits showed flashes, and like they could even beat the bad teams. They they almost they were like two games away from making the playoffs.
0: Yeah,
1: but I the just, disappointment is right there. Like if you are a I Panthers just, fan, week th- like three weeks in, you kind of know what you got. You know your team's bad, but you have a good defense. Bandits fans have nothing.
0: I mean, as soon as the Panthers drafted Shea Patterson, I I, I sent you a message. Season over, um. But with the Bandits, I kind of feel having an NFL coach in Haley, having the XFL, the guy that just tore up the XFL, I just kind of feel like this team in my eyes just disappointed
1: because I I believe they were the the betting favorite, no? It was them or the Panthers? The Panthers were the betting favorite, and then it was the Bandits. They were the second favorite team.
0: Um, In this game, though. I mean, this is another game. Like, are the Bandits going to just pack it in because it's the last game of the season? What are the Stallions going to do? Are they going to want to go into the playoffs looking better because they did struggle last week? And it's at three in the
1: hook. That is just a tough-ass line, my friend. It's tough. I would probably take the Bandits. Man, this really is tough. I don't know. It's a. It's against a winning team. I think the Bandits cover here. Uh, I don't think there's, they're really going to win, and I'm also going to be taking the under.
0: Now, Okay, under 40 and a half. Now, this is my MC Hammer, Hammerman's spot of the week in the USFL. Boy, give me Mauler Nation plus two and a half. And you know what? They're going to straight up win. I'm calling it right now. I am calling it right now. They're going to straight up shock the world, end on a win. Fisher, those guys, left it all out on the field, blowing that game, should have covered and hit that plus 275 for you and myself. Give me the Maulers plus two and a half.
1: I'm be taking the Panthers minus two and a half. Rating on your parade, I think the Panthers are the better team. I think they get it done. That defense is good. The Maulers, I I, I don't know, but I have zero faith they can do anything. And
0: also – Oh, I prematurely brought that up. I'm sorry. I'm getting in my parlay, dude. I was jumping the oh, gun, dude. I'm so eager to show you my parlay. Next game. Houston Gamblers getting three and a half against the Breakers over under 40 and a half. It's tough for me not to take this gamblers because again, with the Breakers quarterback situation, everyone banged up. I just think they want to get into the next weekend healthy.
1: I think the Breakers still win, uh, even with like uh, a backup quarterback, a backup, backup quarterback just based solely on defense that I also lean towards the under in this game because of that. And uh, it makes me really like, uh, I do like the plus three and a half.
0: Okay. All right. So just to review, Jim has the generals minus a two and a half, the under 41 in the first game. I have the under 41. Next game. I'm just not even touching. Jim has the under 40 and a half. And then did you lean bandits? Ah. <sighs> Are I think you, I I'm
1: stallions. I, oh, I, I laid stallions. stallions.
0: I'm hoping for a three. If I get a three, I'm all on the stallions. Here, Mahler Nation, Jim is going with Panther Nation. I'm getting two and a half. Jim is laying three and a half, and we're both on the under of 42, I believe.
1: Yes, yes.
0: And here, are you taking the gamblers to cover but to lose and the under?
1: I'm taking the gamblers to cover but lose, and I am on the under in this game. I think the breakers squeak by here. Uh the, although depending on what you get for a money line, the gamblers money line is not a bad bet.
0: Okay. Um now let's switch over to our friends up north, the Canadian Football League. I have two plays I have circled here, but you know what? I will give props for props is due. This is another reason why you are why you are officially in the Uncle Club. Wait. This game right here is two and a half right now, but Uncle Jim got this bad boy at plus six and a half.
1: Yeah, I got it early on. I got it Monday uh, at six and a half. It's moved drastically. I, I feel like this move since we talked about it yesterday. Wasn't this like
0: three? This was three. This was three. Now, two questions for you. Question one, yesterday when we talked on Spring Fever, you, you hinted you may want to look for a middle here. Like, at two and a half, is this something you want to invest in? For this, I do or? like
1: I do like the Blue Bombers minus two and a half. Although I did sprinkle a little bit on that Ottawa money line early on, uh, I do like the Blue Bombers minus two and a half. So I mean, I the,
0: you're sitting in a phenomenal position. But for those that don't didn't listen to now, you guys got to mark your calendar every Monday. Jim, Uncle Jim comes out with a CFL podcast. And it's strictly a betting podcast, so if you're betting the CFL and you want to get those early lines, you got to listen to that. Hypothetically, let's say I didn't listen to this, and I'm looking at a two-and-a-half right now. Do I just lay it with the Blue Bombers, or what should I do?
1: I like the laying with the Blue Bombers. I I like the under in this game as well. I think it's going to be a little defensive. I think it's going to be like a 21-17 sort of battle. I like the under, and two-and-a-half is ah. – it's tough. It's really tough because I think the Red Blacks are going to play him really tough at home. Okay. Probably yeah. stay away, but if I'm leaning anything, I think Winnipeg's good enough for that defense to uh, to get the win. I like two and a half. Two uh, and a half. Mm-hmm. Under three, I'll take it. It's it, It's not high confidence, but I like it.
0: Now, I'm going to pass here. You know, I, I was insanely late to the party with this one, so I'm just going to completely
1: pass. Not a off. bad pass.
0: Um, next game. This is my H- MC hammer hammer of the week in the CFL. Give me the TC. Give me the tiger cats laying the one against the Stampeders. Who do you have here? Cause I think we're on different sides here. My friend,
1: I have Calgary winning this one outright. And I'm also, I like the under a lot in this game under 45. I yeah. like that one a lot.
0: I, I totally count cosine there at the under, um, next game. Stop, drop, shut them down, open up shop. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders laying seven and a half on the road against Elk Nation. Over under is 50. That is a juicy over under, my friend.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, uh, uh, I gotta, I gotta take the under here just on principle. On principle, like Saskatchewan could go ham. There is a scenario where the Rough Riders could just steamroll the Elks and win, like, 56 to nothing or 50, like 48 to 12 or some stupid score like that. But I just don't see it. And their defense is so good. I don't see the Elks scoring anywhere close to double digits. I love the seven and a half. I think the Rough Riders win it by like 31 to three.
0: (laughs) I'm going to respectfully disagree. And I'm going to take the Elks plus the seven and a half. But And our friend's Bovada, you can get him at eight, so I'll probably take him at eight. Excuse me. And this is my parlay of the week. We almost hit big last week. I'm taking the Tiger Cats minus the 115. I'm taking the Elks plus the 265. Baller Nation plus the Uh. 140. And the Gamblers plus the 140 for a juicy parlay of plus 3,667. That is my filthy four-teamer of the week. Now, you just do a thirsty threesome. What's your thirsty threesome this week, my friend?
1: I'm going to be a little bit chalkier for you. I'm going to take the Blue Bombers on the money line because with this low spread, I love them on the money line play.
0: Okay, hold on. Let me put it in for the people. Let me put it in for the people. We got the we got the uh, Blue Bombers. Blumbers at minus 145. Okay.
1: I'm going to take the stallions minus three and a half.
0: Okay. All right. And who's who's going to be the third, the third one in this threesome for you?
1: I'm going to take the under in the Michigan Pittsburgh game. Oh, look at this, dude. Plus five sixteen.
0: juicy plus five sixteen. Woo. All right, so just to review, in the CFL gym, Uncle Jim, excuse me. Uncle Jim is taking the Rough Riders, laying the seven and a half, shop around seven and a half, half, eight. I'll take the eight for the better line. Um, I'm going to play the minus 115 here. Are you going to play the plus one or the minus 105? I'm
1: going to take the minus 105.
0: All right better odds. I get it. And here you already have a great position. In this position, you take the money line, though.
1: In this one, I would probably take the money line. Minus 145 for a team who I think is going to like step up and maybe get a dub. I don't hate it. Um, I also like the under in that game a little bit. I saw it was a little higher earlier in the week. It was closer to like 48, 49. Um, but I like, the, I like the money line. I like minus 2.5. I do like minus 2.5. Not as good as I like plus 6.5 earlier. For Ottawa, but I like minus two and a half for Winnipeg.
0: And Jim's thirsty threesome is the Bombers minus 145, the Stallions minus three and a half, and under 42 in the panthers Maulers game. My filthy foursome is the Gamblers plus 140, the Maulers plus 130, Elk Nation plus 265, and the Tiger Cats minus the 115. Uncle Jim, why don't you tell everybody what you have going on? Well, first
1: off right now, I am currently watching the Montreal Alouettes versus the Toronto Argonauts live bet. The over in this game, it's 33 and a half right now. I'm about to hammer that bet.
0: Can I get a little MC hammer Hammer Hammerman, in the bet? Oh, you know what? I don't want to be put in YouTube jail.
1: Yeah. Don't be like me and get put in (laughs) YouTube jail. Don't do that.
0: I don't want to be put in YouTube jail. So I'm not going to be breaking out the MC hammer Hammer Hammerman. Um, so, and you know what, people, if you're watching this live, Uncle Jim did tell you last week to play the Rough Riders, I believe, when we were recording, correct?
1: No, last week, like the last week's game, I, I was on Hamilton against, against what the, Rough was
0: Riders. the Thursday game. Because the
1: Thursday game, it was Montreal against. Calgary. 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 Calgary? It was Calgary versus Montreal. Yup, you gave out Calgary live. We put, yeah, I gave them out live because they were down at the time. That, so, I'm on the over in this one. It's It, it juiced down. It was, so, pregame, it was 48. Uh, coming in, there's like five minutes left in the second quarter. It's all the way down to 33. So, give it to me. Because they're at, they're at 12, and a second half of CFL can get like 30 points by itself.
0: You know what? Guess what I am doing right now, my friend. Are you hammering it? I am putting... Dude, I, I found a 32 and a half.
1: I like that even more.
0: All right, here we go. Boom. Over. I'll hit, you know what? I, a I see a
1: 32 and a half as well. I'm going to hammer it again.
0: You know what, dude? It is hammered, dude.
1: Consider it hammered.
0: Consider it hammered. So, Jim, Monday you have the CFL betting podcast.
1: Monday, CFL gambling. So, Sunday, gymnasium. Monday, CFL gambling podcast. Tuesday, I do a podcast called Sports Hole, uh, where we just talk about literally the most random bullshit with two of my favorite people from Los Angeles. Wednesday... Uh, I don't think I actually have a podcast that comes out. Oh, wait, our college football caught co- Yeah, the college football tailgate with my boy, Eric. That's on Wednesdays. Thursdays, spring fever with Eric. And then tonight I do this. And then tomorrow I'm cooking. I'm, I'm making poutine tomorrow.
0: Dude, I'm looking forward to that, my friend. Jim, you're slowly morphing into one of my good friends. I appreciate all the time and effort you have coming on this podcast. Let's cash some tickets. Let's make some money. Until next week, my friend.
1: You betcha, buddy. I'll see you next week.
0: Guys, I want to thank Jim for coming on, turning into a great friend. Make sure you give Jim a follow on all streaming platforms, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Twitch, Twitter, everything. Great dude, knows his stuff, and really enjoy talking football with him. So make sure you give Jim a follow. So that's it for the podcast. Like I said, short podcast, quick and to the point today. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure you like, subscribe to E-Talk 2 Sports on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Give me a follow on Twitter, Instagram, and make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. Until next week, let's make some money. Let's cash some tickets.